This is the Cato Daily Podcast for Tuesday, August 13th, 2019. I'm Caleb Brown. It is well past time for the United States to depart Afghanistan. Overcoming inertia is a new Cato policy analysis available today. In it, co-author and Cato's own John Glazer details why the U.S. must end its longest war. How long has the U.S. been at war in Afghanistan? We've been fighting in Afghanistan for about 18 years. roughly two decades. It's the longest war in U.S. history. And I think part of the reason, the main reason it's gone on this long is not because uh, of the battlefield realities or um, because we can't, can't achieve our mission, which we can't, but rather because the policymakers just have not asked the hard questions and faced the hard realities of, of our presence there. Uh, so. Shortly after we invaded Afghanistan following the 9-11 attacks, you know, we adopted um, objectives, on the one hand, establishing a functioning, independent, democratic state in Kabul that could effectively govern the whole country. And then secondly, to defeat the Taliban insurgency. Uh, this mission was intended to ensure that al-Qaeda or related groups couldn't use Afghanistan um, as a kind of haven to conduct transnational terrorist attacks. We've failed miserably at these two objectives. I mean, the regime in Kabul ranks as one of the worst in the world in terms of corruption and respect for human rights uh, and the rule of law. It effectively can't exercise sovereignty much uh, beyond the the territory of the capital. And the Taliban actually hold more territory in Afghanistan now than at any time since 2001. Uh, The insurgency is is alive and well. It's as violent as it has ever been. Uh, The war is essentially stalemated. And... uh, Internal U.S. assessments have have long appreciated this. There's just no military solution to this conflict. And the reason it persists is just because we haven't haven't asked the hard questions. We haven't um, faced the hard reality that we might need to withdraw and conclude this war without a victory. What do the defenders of uh, continuing this war, people who are promoting that idea, what do they say in response to everything you just laid out here? Well, the primary uh, objection to withdrawal is this notion of a safe haven. I mean, there are others. Uh, you know, people fall into sunk cost arguments. You know, we've expended lots of blood and treasure in Afghanistan. Therefore, we need to stay to make sure that that was not expended in vain. Um, Uh, and other such arguments. But the main argument that we need to stay in Afghanistan is based on this notion that it can't be a safe haven for terrorists. The problem is that that's essentially a myth. Uh, You know, having a plot of territory in distant, remote, landlocked Afghanistan is just not all that useful. Uh, It doesn't have great utility for terrorist groups to conduct transnational terrorist attacks. Um, We believe that this is true because Al-Qaeda did have a presence. It was hosted by the Taliban in Afghanistan in the lead up to 9-11. But there's no evidence whatsoever that 
Al-Qaeda's presence in Afghanistan per se had great operational utility for the success of the attacks. I mean, the attacks were planned, sure, in Afghanistan, but also in Hamburg, Germany and uh, Malaysia and parts of the United States, right? So especially now, 20 years hence, th th where instant communications across borders and oceans and time zones has, has become even more ubiquitous, um, again, l uh, landlocked Afghanistan is just doesn't actually offer Al-Qaeda or other groups that much in terms of operational utility to attack the United States. And so we just need to get over this notion. It's locked into our political consciousness because that was such a powerful lesson uh, post 9-11. But uh, there's very little evidence that it's true. And it's there's certainly zero evidence that I've seen that fighting them over there has prevented us having to fight them here. That just doesn't uh, compute. How far afield has this war gotten from, you know, crushing the Taliban, expelling Al Qaeda? That seemed to be the the, the goal. That is that that, uh, and I can remember Ted Galen Carpenter so many years ago saying, um, "Once that's done, we're done there." Uh, how 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 has this war changed? Well, it's certainly true that as you, as a country. Uh, gets used to uh, a foreign presence in another country, you know, an ongoing war, um, it begins to sort of naturally adopt additional objectives. And so uh, from early on, it was, it, was, it was pretty much the case that we wanted to install, uh, you know, an effective government in Afghanistan and Kabul, as I said. Um, but uh, we also ended up adopting missions uh, with regard to you know, fighting the drug war, the the heroin uh, poppy cultivation in Afghanistan, with uh, you know establishing um, a uh, workable uh, human rights regime in Afghanistan. You know, furthering the rights of women, for example. Um, a lot of these additional uh, duties that came along with the mission, and we've wasted enormous amounts of money on those essentially futile efforts. I mean, the uh, rights of women in Afghanistan have improved under the US occupation, but uh, Afghanistan is still one of the worst places in the world to be a woman. Um, uh, and it's, it, it does, it's not clear to me at all that the US military, which is a tool for protecting the United States from foreign attacks and threats, is uh, the proper tool for furthering the rights of Afghan women. I mean, it can't be true that US policymakers truly care about the rights of women. Why are the rights of women in Afghanistan more important than the rights of women in Saudi Arabia, our great ally? You know, that makes very little sense. I think if you take a hard look at the security justifications for our presence in Afghanistan, it soon becomes apparent that. Uh, uh, we are no longer justified in staying there. The United States uh, has been meeting with the Taliban to negotiate something. What have they been discussing and uh, how uh, promising is it? There are signs of progress that, that are encouraging, but there are also uh, obstacles that uh, threaten uh, the, the success. So President Trump came into office decrying nation building missions and so on. And he criticized the war in Afghanistan. He he might have withdrawn. He said that that was his initial 
instinct, but his uh, military national security advisors persuaded him to surge U.S. troops instead and leave this strategy essentially unchanged. But he has um, engaged in direct negotiations with the Taliban. He appointed a special envoy, Zalmay Khalizad. Uh, to engage in direct negotiations with the Taliban in the hopes that a political settlement could be reached in which the Taliban would swear off hosting international terrorists and the US would withdraw. That's essentially the framework for the deal. Uh, the Taliban uh, refused to negotiate with the Kabul government. They call it a slave regime installed by the United States. Um, and to the extent that U.S. Taliban talks have been stymied. I think it's primarily at this point um, because the United States is so insistent on um, not abandoning its uh, client state in Kabul. Uh, but it's just not clear that you know we can do what we need to do, which in my opinion is is withdraw from the country and conclude the lost war, if we insist that. Kabul will be a part of the negotiations uh, and that uh, we continue to support them against the Taliban. It's, it's, uh, it's not going to work out very well. I mean, the, the, the Kabul government can't even, can't even sort of sustain itself. Their security funding requirement in 2019 for, for the Afghan government was about $6.5 billion. The Afghan government itself pledged to cover only about $500 million. I don't know, that's less than a tenth of, of what it takes, right? Senator Jack Reed uh, said in testimony not long ago that the Afghan security forces would essentially disintegrate without US economic and military backing. So uh, I think we, we ought to continue to engage with the Taliban. Uh, one of the sticking points that's still um, pestering talks is that the United States wants Al Qaeda wants the Taliban to repudiate Al Qaeda. Uh, this, I think, is a demand that should just be dropped. I think it's mainly for domestic U.S. consumption. Um, they've already agreed the Taliban to uh, to not host foreign fighters on on the territory that they uh, control, uh, and that should be good enough for us uh, in terms of uh, the Al Qaeda threat element in this. Um, the more we negotiate, the closer we get to um, a, a deal which would allow the United States to withdraw. Trump wants to do it before the 2020 election to use it as a campaign uh, thing. Um, and you know, the, the politics on this are are looking good compared to to past years. I mean, all of virtually all the 2020 candidates on the Democratic side have called for the United States to withdraw. And uh, Trump said in the Oval Office uh, last month that, quote, it's ridiculous, unquote, that we're still there. So he clearly doesn't even believe in the mission that he's, that he's uh, carrying out. Uh, you know, I think we'll have to make certain concessions if we want these talks to be successful. Um, there's... Uh, one of the sticking points is that the Trump administration wants to leave behind a residual counterterrorism force in Afghanistan. The Taliban uh, don't accept that. And uh, I don't think it's necessary to protect the United States from terrorist attacks to leave a small residual force in Afghanistan uh, to fight roving militants uh, in, in the mountains. 
Um, I think we need to recognize that this war has gone on long enough. We cannot win on the terms stipulated by the three presidents that have waged it. It's time to come home uh, <laughs> with luck, uh, with uh, um, abandon the 2001 AUMF, repeal it, and uh, come back to a footing that we had at least pre 9-11, where we weren't constantly at war uh, with the justifications of, to fight terrorism. Uh, this is, it's, it's time to, it's time to come home. To what extent should the U.S. withdrawal from Afghanistan hinge on the, on whatever outcome these talks have? Yeah. I mean, it's a good question. I think for, it's, it's always better to, uh, achieve a political settlement, an agreement with the belligerent parties because withdrawal uh, with that stipulation, I think makes the post-withdrawal Afghanistan much more stable and and it sort of um, and and long-lasting. It's it's much more likely to be a successful withdrawal where not too much of a mess happens in Afghanistan if we uh, agree to a political settlement. And the Taliban have said that they would talk with the Kabul government as soon as the United States leaves. There's no guarantee that it's going to be all hunky-dory and sunshine and lollipops if the United States uh, withdraws. There's a likelihood uh, that that uh, it'll descend into civil conflict in the same way that it descended into civil conflict uh, after the Soviets withdrew at the end of the 1980s. Uh, you know, there might be a fight to determine who rules Afghanistan. And when you hold up the Kabul government next to the Taliban insurgency, uh, it would be a really nasty fight. But I think in the end, the Taliban would win. Um, and, and so if we're able to reach a political settlement with the Taliban and then subsequently between the Taliban and the US-backed uh, Kabul government, uh, that will make any peace uh, far more sustainable. John Glazer is co-author of the new Cato analysis, Overcoming Inertia, Why It's Time to End the War in Afghanistan, available today. Subscribe to the Cato Daily Podcast wherever you get your podcasts and follow us on Twitter at Cato Podcast. 